and we're live. Cool. It's that simple. How you doing, man? I'm doing all right, man. Uh, you know. <laughs> you, you've had a day. I've had a day, man. Living in a in a in a in a, an urban me- megatropolis is really starting to you know kind of erode erode a lot of my uh, resilience. There's you know there's the traffic right, which you know boohoo like, but you know traffic's a part of life. But then it's like it's like the desperation factor for the natural uh, world that is is in this area, like like raccoons, for example, and possums. Like anything that's still alive in a super urban environment is as tenacious as 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 the human beings who are living there. And it's all and tough so and angry. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I don't have any like I don't have any like positive run ins with, with raccoons living in Los Angeles. It's always like, you know, I'm gonna fuck you up, dude. And it's like, Yes you will. I'm going back into my house, you know? Yeah, my dad. I went to a place Yeah, exactly. I went to a place like Vancouver and uh vancouver canada they have polite raccoons they have polite like there's no other word for it. they have polite raccoons <laughs> I was, uh, midwestern raccoons yeah like i was in I, I, I was in uh i was in this park which is i mean you call it a park it's basically a reser- you know a, 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 na- a nature reserve in the middle of their city sure because by because by the time the the Canadians started building on the west coast of their country, they realized they had to stop being assholes, uh, you know, and uh, and so they dedicated like huge parts of the city to uh, to these nature reserves, and they also gave uh, you know they gave a, a whole bunch of their their the land that they had bought or stolen they gave it they gave it to the indigenous peoples there. Still a long way to go, but like I mean, it's a little bit better than Los Angeles, which was pretty much you know conquered uh from the spanish <laughs> and now they're but, you know like and they're still stealing water from other people <laughs> exactly you know like it's a little bit you know i mean degrees degrees of uh, gentility i guess we'll call it sure but but i'm wandering this nature reserve and like a family of six raccoons just like starts walking by and at first i'm like oh my god i've got to like protect my family i've got to protect my wife rabies and and yeah and and it li- I literally like they looked at us, kind of like we're like, oh, I'm you know, sorry for intruding upon you, human, and <laughs> just like went the up, like very calmly went you know the- another direction, and it just was like, wow, this is so different from the time my dog got jumped by a, a Los Angeles raccoon, and I had to like you know kick it and, and, and the- try to like <laughs> the dog was gonna lose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, this- they also yeah. I mean the freak sizes of, of Los Angeles, uh, Berman is, 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 I mean, they're huge. They're just, they're just gigantic. I'm assuming it's because they have to be, you know, they have to, every day is survival. They um, have to fight the Vancouver. homeless. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it's just, you know, anyway, so I'm living in an urban environment and I'm just, I'm really, I really would like to move to a place that has a little bit or, or at least vacation, vacation. Like I'd like to vacation to a place with a little bit more nature um, than where I'm at right now. But can't complain. You know, there's, like there's there's work here. You know, and 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 how many people can say that? There's a lot of work here. 
And right. you got to be grateful. You, you know, you got to be grateful. That's why I moved here to chase the work. And now, and now the work is coming and you got to, and, and, you know, the city's got its good points. I mean, great food. Uh, you know, I mean, I never have to worry about leaving stuff outside cause it never rains, you know? And, and this is actually the best time of year because fall in Los Angeles gets this like really heavy duty mist and it's beautiful. It's like lovely. Um, so, so it's easy to complain and I shouldn't, and I should be more grateful, you know? Yeah, no, I get it. Cause I mean, you know, you and I have, we've talked about, I don't think we even introduced you when I hit record. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, but I didn't know if you wanted to like announce your name either. Oh, I guess I should have said, well, hi, hi Brady. I'm Bowman. Uh, Bowman living in, in Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you were there because you want to do film. Sure. I am a filmmaker. Yeah. I'm a filmmaker. And, uh, and while, and, and just before COVID, I switched over into doing, uh, animation work. Uh, and, and now I'm an, I'm an, an I, I run an animation house, uh, called Lost Legion Studios. And, and we make animated, uh, episodes for, uh, for a couple different people, but one of the, probably the, the biggest one is the uh, games workshop, um, that, that owned the Warhammer 40,000 IP. So oh, that's yeah, cool. that's what I do. Yeah. I'm a director and, and writer and kind of like I've become, I've, I've, I've taught, I've taught myself the process of animation, which is very different from live filmmaking. Uh, and it's cool. You know, it's, uh, it's neat. Definitely safe, you know, safer than working on set. Yeah. Um, we kind of text about yeah. that earlier today because that's, I mean, obviously it's all over the news, the tragedy that happened. Yeah. And then I, so like I work my, when I'm not sitting in a podcast studio, um, I work in construction and it's a, it's a dangerous industry, right? Like people can die building things, but I don't think enough credit yeah. is given to people who make film because it probably, it seems so glamorous and wonderful and probably safe, but realistically people have died making movies. You know? Um, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, there was like a helicopter accident that killed a couple of actors and some children in one film. And and I think that director actually got convicted. It was like the first time it ever happened. Yeah. Um, you know, filmmaking, it's a dangerous, it's dangerous or can be dangerous. Yeah, no, it's, it's super dangerous. I mean, like it, like anything. I mean, filmmaking, ha, you know, ha, is is two parts construction, you know, and uh, one part stunts. I, I mean, even 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 it doesn't have to be an action movie. If a guy is like running through a crowd and he's supposed to knock over, knock down people, uh, you know, those those are people getting knocked. It, it, it's a very it's a you know it's a physical act, and yeah. just like any physical act, people people can get hurt. I've been on sets where people have gotten hurt before. Um, you know, I spent 10 years being an assistant director and it's funny, an assistant director has nothing to do with being an assistant or directing. It's basically the guy that's responsible for safety and progress on set. The person that's creating the, uh, the, the, uh, it's the process of getting like schedules done. It's the process of figuring out where everything needs to go. Um, it's, it's the process of clearing things to so making sure that things are, 
are safe and, and, and are running smoothly. And, you know, it, so I've seen a lot, I've seen, I've seen a lot of different sets. Uh, I've seen a lot of different, uh, you know, it's interesting, right? Because you're working with artists and artists want to, want to get something beautiful made or want to get something, you know, exciting made. And, and usually safety is the thing that goes out the window. Um, but at the same time, what happened on that set, uh, you know, just to offer my unsolicited opinion, um, was a hundred percent the first AD's fault. Um, wasn't it? Wasn't the actor's fault? It wasn't the armorer's fault. Um, and the reason for that, um, even though you know, as as a preface, this was the third shooting on that set, the third accidental firing on this set, which is why the a couple days before, and then and then and then the immediate day before, uh, large chunks of the crew uh, protested by walking off the set. Um, that's a really clear sign that something's wrong. Yeah. Uh, but, but like, and, and I've heard, I've heard things about the armor and how she, you know, and how she's, uh, there's been problems in the past with her before. And, and I've heard people say that Alec Baldwin should have checked the gun first and things like that, which you would do in, in a normal situation for guns, you know, basic gun safety. Yeah. But when you're acting, it's different. He, I mean, he, I mean, exactly. he had no reason to believe that he was handed something that was going to kill somebody that day. Well, we'll see, and that, that's why it falls on the first AD exclusively. The first AD picked up a weapon uh, because a gun is always a weapon, even if it's a prop gun or if it's a fake gun. Got to act as though it's a weapon. Sure. Um, he picked up he picked up a pistol, and he declared in front of the entire set that it was a cold gun. And when you say that, that means that you've checked the gun and you and you're confirming before a bunch of witnesses that this is a safe thing that you're now handing the actor. It's not the job of the actor to really do anything except act. That's their job. Just like yeah. a glazer, you know, a glazer uh, that is putting in windows into a building. Uh, if the floor falls, you know, or, you know, if, if the side of the building collapses, that's not the glazer's fault because they were installing glass, you know? Right. Um, so, it's the same exact thing, and it's a hundred percent that first AD's fault, and he should be charged with, you know, manslaughter, in my opinion. But whatever. So, I mean, I get so I'm getting some kind of weird feedback, man. No, that's all right. You coming in clear for me? Yeah, it's just uh, when I talk to you, it all of a sudden chatters back. It's weird. I'm gonna try to adjust some volume and see if that fixes it. We can we can we can do this again too, you know. Like once you figure out what's up, let's be this be our dry run. Yeah. God, that's weird. It's kind of driving me nuts. I wonder if it's. Um, I wonder if you had like a headset if that'd solve it. I've never had this problem before. Uh. uh yeah. Here. Um. So my show my show is pretty well live. Like I try not to edit. At all. Sure. Is this any better? Uh, I'm still hearing the same thing. Still hearing the same thing. I wonder if it's the app. It could be the app, yeah, for sure. I could call you back on your on your landline. Yeah, call me back or on landline. My... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> on your cell phone. Call me on my normal thing. That's weird that it's doing that. It's not doing it anymore. All right, here he comes right here. Hey, buddy. Hey, is that better? Oh, that's perfect. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, I mean, 
I've kind of like, I don't know. So the local film industry in Utah sort of like sometimes wants me and then rejects me suddenly mm. and sometimes violently, which is weird. Um, but, uh, yep. I've had uh, local people that were wanting to do films that have approached me to use my personal firearms, mm-hmm. which I have a bizarre collection of and I enjoy. Um, mm-hmm. But I was like, no, these aren't prop guns. These don't, they're, you know, they're not set up to, to do whatever. And, and uh, you know, that was like one of the first things I did, you know, when I heard the story about Alec Baldwin was I text you. Yeah. I was like, dude, good thing. I never let those crazy people use my guns. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, it's one thing. It's it's one thing if we were going to go to like a range and they were going to film them at a range. It's all another thing to play with them like toys or like props. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At least my machines. My 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 machines will kill you if you're on the wrong end. Yeah. No, I mean, and keep in mind that like a blank can still kill you. Yeah. Like like and it and it happens with a kind of frequency that would I guess surprise people. Um, I get really, I get really annoyed, you know, it, it, once it enters the news cycle, you know, basically people are just saying things to fill, you know, to fill, to fill the, the space, the void, but like, yeah, exactly. But somebody's saying like, Oh, you know, how could this have happened? There should be, there should be uh, protocols in place. And it's like, there's there been protocols in space in place forever. You know, like there, there for a hundred years of filmmaking, there's been protocols to deal with this kind of thing. And the idea that anybody thinks that there aren't protocols is just like, it's just bizarre. This isn't, this isn't like a new problem, you know? And I just get, I just get prickly, I guess when I hear it's like, Oh, you know, filmmaking can be a dangerous place. It's like, uh huh. You know, like, well, I think it's look at the, yeah. I mean, to me, it's a risk. It's a risk versus reward factor, right? Like, uh, people wouldn't be shelling out tons of money. If it wasn't risky. Yeah. You know, and like, but ultimately you get paid well to do it. Well, you know, that's another thing. I, I, some people do the amount. I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, people, and and that's, and that's what's been happening on, on set lately is that, you know, people don't want to pay for there to be safety. You know, people, people want to, people want to cut costs and, I mean, I've heard rumors about this uh, this AD that he's the he's the guy that you call when you want to break the rules. And now I don't. Know, I mean, everything is you know, every. There are rumors, and I don't. You know, I, I've never. You know, I've never worked with him, so I can't speak for it. But like, it, you know, he, apparently he had the reputation of being the guy that you call when you want to. You know, cut corners and things like that. And I've been, you know, when I've been on set before, I've been asked to cut corners. Of course, I have. You know, like it's like, oh come on, like do we really, you know. And people do things, do people do things behind my back? Uh, so that when, when I was AD, you know, that I would find out later, and it's like, I guess you got away with it, you know. But at the same time, like you're lucky somebody didn't get killed. Um, it's funny because I think if you were my AD, we'd constantly like we would love each other, but at the same time, you and I'd constantly get in. I'd be like just getting chewed out by you, like, dude, that's not safe. And I'd be like, but it was fun. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and that's that's an argument of a lot of filmmakers. And you know, it it's like, oh, come on, man! Like, yeah, it's yeah. like nobody got hurt, but like this time we're we're gonna enter, you know, but we're gonna enter into a weird place where, yeah, the people could get hurt, and and now you know, with the eyes of the world on everybody, like they will get hurt. Uh, I mean, if they do get hurt, that'll be your career. You yeah, know? theoretically, 
I, I mean, I've heard of all sorts of things happening where, uh, you know, a, a year goes by and it exits the news cycle. So people think that it's okay. And, you know, somebody gets a job again and goes back to work and, and, you know, it, and that's it. Right. And that, and it's over. Yeah. But not for me, you know, uh, you know, I don't want the nightmares that come with, uh, that come with having, you know, having somebody killed. The guilt. You know, I, I don't, yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I, I don't have, I, I don't have an interest in, in, in sleepless. I sleep very well, you know, I'm, so I don't want to, I don't, I wouldn't want that to happen. Well, it's kind of, um, it's kind of funny cause you and I, I think are a lot of like in a bizarre way, but then we're also very different, mm-hmm. which is interesting. And so I, I, I tease Jamie all the time cause she's Marlon and I'm Dory. Mm-hmm. But then I was thinking about it in another direction too. My my thought was is that uh, Jamie's an experimental physicist, or Jamie's a theoretical physicist, and I'm an experimental physicist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So That's an interesting way of saying. Yeah. So I mean, like she's she's like, why do we have to go out and do that? Because the math says it'll work. But I'm like, no, I want to smash things together. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm also that moron you could talk into climbing on top of a rocket, right? I mean, yeah, and there's there's. There's, there's there's reasons why all different types of mindsets exist. The problem is, is just when you start signing people up for danger that either are not prepared or didn't or didn't ask for it. You know. Yeah. Um, if Alec, you know, if Alec Baldwin had been on set and was like, I mean, I don't know why anybody would ever do this, but let's just say that like he insisted. You know, I really want, I want, I want this to be authentic. Uh, I want there to be, you know, I really want there to be bullets in my gun, you yeah. know? Uh, now, obviously that, that would, ne- that no, yeah, no one would that, agree to that. Right. Exactly. But yeah. let's just say that that, then, you know, then the, 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 the responsibility falls to whoever let that happen. Yeah. You know? Um, and then, but, but the thing is, is that, Film crews are are you know there's a it's a bunch of yahoos you know like, like film crews are are are, are, are pe- people want cool things to happen you know yeah and if 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 somebody had been like look we're gonna have a real gun on set I'm gonna fire a real bullet uh you know as long as everybody uh is w- signed up for it then then it's fine you know like yeah. if, if everybody walked into a situation with with both eyes open. Then it's on. Then the responsibility falls to everybody. Yeah, you know, it's when you it's when you are, it's when you don't share what's happening. It's when you it's when you lie. It's uh, it's when you're when you're lazy, you know. And and when that starts stuff starts happening, then the only person who's responsible is the person that said something was safe and, and lied, you know. Right. Uh, or you know, and and I don't have any, and I just don't have any sympathy. Uh, I just don't have any sympathy for that person, you know? Um, yeah. In the, in the same way that somebody like yells fire in a crowded theater and then later on goes like, Oh, well I, I thought, I thought it was a fire, you know? And it's like somebody got trampled to death. Like who cares? Who cares what you thought was going to happen? You're, you know, you're a person that should be punished by society, you know? Right. Um, anyway, that's, Again, it's just like everything. It's just uh, it's just one opinion. So, um, oh man, now it's back again. Well, I'm sorry. I wonder what's causing that. Again, you sound real. You sound fine on my end. It's just when I talk now. 
So Maybe I wonder, you know what? I might just walk over to the other side of the room. Okay. Let's try that. And let me turn on this other mic and then I'll walk over there. We'll try that out. I got a headset over there too. See how much battery I have in my phone. I'll carry it with me. Okay. Okay. Give me just a sec. Let me walk over there. Cool. Yeah, I can hear. Yeah, I can hear. Uh, still doing the same thing. Not on mine. That's gonna drive me nuts. Hang on just a second. These are the joys of it, right? This is this is the joy of it. Somebody's going to be sitting in their car going crazy. I'm going to try turning off the Bluetooth and then turning it back on. Okay. Sorry about this, guys. Anyone listening? Oh. I just hung up on Bowman. <laughs> Uh. We'll try this again. I'm going to turn the Bluetooth back on. We'll give them a call. It's weird uh, that it would it would uh, s appear like that. <sighs> hey, buddy. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear. Okay. Yeah, now it's... Fine. I don't know why it's doing that. That's weird because it it just comes on and then it goes away. But that's the that's uh, I guess kind of like the magic of uh, of um, movies. So they edit all the stuff out that you don't want, right? That's true. Yeah, that's true. There's usually a heavy editing process. Sure. So tell me, man. We've been friends for a long time, and I know that you've been passionate. You've wanted to do movies for a long, long time. Sure. And I mean, obviously, you want to be the next Spielberg, or maybe you don't. I don't know. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, I guess. But I'm curious, like, what's your passion project? Like, what's the one that you had to let die to survive? Uh, the one that I had to let die to survive. Um, I mean, maybe it's not dead, but you know, it's not doing well. Uh, huh. I guess. Hmm. That's an interesting, I've had to let things go. Like, for example, there was this, uh, short called guardsman. Um, and I was very, you know, I produced it. Um, I wrote it, I was going to co-direct it, but then my, my, my co-directing partner kind of pulled a fast one on me where, you know, he, not even a fast one. Like he basically just, uh, played chicken with me, uh, more or less, um, saying that, you know, he doesn't co-direct after I, after I put a lot of stuff together, uh, his name was, uh, Richard Boylan and, um, you know, <laughs> no, no problem whatsoever calling that fucker out, huh? 
no, no, I don't have a problem with it. At, at some point, you know, everybody in Hollywood, like, it's a very small community of people that, um, you know, it's very, very, you know, a lot of people say it's very incestuous. Like, you know, you're going to have to be hopping into bed with all different kinds of uh, people and you better have like a, you know, clean bill of health. Yeah. And, uh, and that, that's true. That's true. Definitely, uh, more true than not. Um, but then there are people that you run into, um, that you never want to work with again. And you hope that other people don't work with them because the situation, uh, was so awful and the professionalism was so, uh, poor, um, that the only thing that, would make the world a better place would be if that person was not making, uh, not, not having projects in it. <laughs> um, and you know, and I mean, this- so it's funny that you say that because I remember, um, when you got married to your wife, you guys, uh, got, well, okay. So you guys got legally married, but then you tricked us all into coming to a, a ceremony. Yeah, sure. Yep. And, uh, which, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. It was a good excuse for us all to get together and whatever. Um, but, uh, I remember somebody said something to me about like the people that own the house that you were borrowing had basically like murdered or screwed everybody that had tried to make it big in Hollywood at some point, or they had been attacked or I, I, I can't remember what it was, but it was like a whole industry thing. Oh, I don't, I, I, I mean, the in, the industry does get very savage at times. Like definitely, yeah. if you if you break rank uh, and you're on, like like it happens to a lot to directors that as they're shooting something, you know, as it goes through the process of, you know, a lot of people think that a director has um, has ultimate say in uh, in what in what's going on, um, but they don't. Um, and very often like a studio comes in and they want, you know, they, they, they're, they're selling intellectual property and they want it to, they want it to pan out in the way that they think it'll make it the most successful. And well, then sometimes, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I was just going to say that, like, I mean, sometimes the studios can step in and ruin something. Sure. Sometimes um, they can step in and, and, and fix something though. You know, like it's, right. it's not, it's, uh, it's not, and, and you, you don't hear about it very often when they come in and save something. Um, because that's, that's the nature of it. But, um, you know, a director can sometimes get in the way of themselves and shoot themselves in the foot by saying like, well, this isn't my vision and you shouldn't go see the movie. And it's like, well, dude, you know, don't, don't do that. And when they break ranks, uh, usually they're the ones that lose. Yeah, I'm get, not doing that. They get yeah, punished. I'm, I'm not, right. They get, they get punished or they get forgotten. And both are bad. I'm not doing that right now. I'm, uh, I'm not talking about a studio and I'm not talking about uh, sure. somebody that I want to work with. I'm, I'm talking about uh, politics person, in general. Which, I, I mean, I wouldn't even say this is, this is, uh, this is politics. You know, this is, um, this is, this is just, this is somebody who's just a bad person, you know? Um, well, this, uh, I mean, the studios want to make money. Sure. I mean, that's the whole point of it. And then on top of that, because that's who pays for the next film. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, yeah. I mean, when, the thing that sucks though about that is, is that generally speaking, if a movie is perceived as bad, usually that falls on the on the heads of the actor or the director or things like that. Very few people, very few franchises and intellectual property 
uh, that fail are blamed on studios. It's a, it's a pretty rare thing. There, there are, there are, you know, examples, but generally speaking, mo- most people lay that at the head of the, the artist, not mm. the, not the corporation that's uh, distributing it. But that's, you know, again, that's just the way it is. Yeah. No, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, so what was your passion project? Well, I really wanted guardsmen. I really wanted guardsmen to, to, to be a shared project. And I ended up, uh, you know, I wrote it. Um, I, I mean, my, my wife shot it. Uh, my friend edited it. You know, I, it was my team that built it you know, and, and, and everything. And, uh, and in the process of, of, of producing it, I made the choice to step down as, as one of the directors, which was supposed to be co-directors. Um, and I gave it, to uh, this guy, uh, in the hopes of that it would it would somehow create a better relationship that we would then go on and do things together. You know that we we would be a team. And I would say that that you know I, I mean you were I being really, an optimist. I was being an optimist, yeah. and I don't think I'll. I mean, and I know that I'll never do that again. Plus, I mean, it did work though. I mean, we did we did go on to make a show together but like you know um i i don't think i would do that ever again i don't think i would sacrifice my own my own ob- objective uh for for another uh person like that again um but you know i mean you gotta you gotta walk away from a situation and and and, and learn something from it um it's funny because i was just uh, trying to think of uh god it's doing it again why is it doing that? I, I don't. Yeah, I don't hear. When you play this back, you'll be like, "What the fuck?" Well, I hope not. And remember, I'm leveraging this because everything in Hollywood is a leverage. I'm leveraging this in the hopes that you can put my, uh, you know, uh, uh, my podcast together. <laughs> hey, I'm down. I'm gonna try turning off Bluetooth again and turning it back okay. on. See if that fixed it. Yep, there it goes. That's weird. I wonder what causes that. But anyways, um, yeah, man, I remember when we were younger, um, this was years ago, you were still living on the other side of the country. Yeah. Um, I think I was getting ready to go fight a war that I didn't agree with. Yes, I, re- I recall. Yeah. And... Uh, and then uh, we had talked about all these different little passion projects, man. And I, I just always like to kind of just be involved. I don't necessarily want to direct or act or anything, but I do like making shit, especially when other people pay for the stuff to make it with, right? I mean, that is the dream, finding somebody else to pay for something. Right. I mean, <laughs> that's what we're all hoping for. Um, so it, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, man. It was just always fun to sort of like talk and kind of vicariously live through you. Um, because, um, you know, like I said, I've, I've worked with, um, um, sorry, I just had like a work email come through at the, at the weirdest time and it blocked my screen. Um, I've got to work with a couple people locally, um, and then, so like, I mean, I, I don't know if you know this about me, but I have full blown ADHD. 
Mm-hmm. I, I do as well. I also have dyslexia. Oh, me too. Yeah. Um. So I get these like raging obsessions about stuff. And I remember one day you had sent me a text or something. You're like, how much would it cost to build a Mars rover? Yeah, I remember. God. Yeah. yeah, I remember. Yeah, and then I built it. Yeah, yeah you did. And then, and then I think I called you with the price later on. I was like, yeah, you know about this. And then uh, then you were like, yeah, well, that project died. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's all sorts. I mean, like, there was, a, there was a project that came across once, like, J.J. Abrams just after Force Awakens. Force Awakens? Yeah. After Force Awakens, I think J.J. Yeah, it was J.J. Abrams that basically did like this open call out to the fans saying like, we need, you know, we, we want to see your ideas. We want to see fan movies, you know, like, and I had a friend who was working over at LucasArts at the time. Uh, well, or, or what LucasArts? I guess it's, I guess it's still LucasArts. Um, uh, basically say like, hey man, like if there was ever a time you want to, you ever wanted to like get a shot at making a Star Wars thing, like now's the time. And I did all sorts of things. Like I, I worked with the uh, 8711, the guys that did John Wick, put together like a bunch of stuff on spec, really, you know, really invested time, effort, my own money, did a did a shoot uh, where we, you know, where we actually shot these guys uh jumping around and being, you know, being Jedi and had a whole story and storyboards. It was, it was awesome. It was amazing. And this guy kept saying, you know, he was going to pay for it. He's going to pay for it. Uh, he just needs to see a little bit more. And that's, that, you know, again, everything's got to be a lesson, but like we had storyboards. Then we had a, then we had a physical shoot to show what it would be like. Then we had, you know, we had, all, I, I was in talks with a couple really, some really incredible talent who I'd worked with before and they were like, okay, you know, like I'm going to take a chance and do this, like basically a, like a fan film, a, you know, a fan short film with you. Right. Uh, and at the last minute, the guy pulled the plug, you know? And again, it has to be a learning situation. It has to be a learning experience. I now know that I don't pick up, you know, I don't, I don't do anything until like, great, let's have a contract, you know? Um, yeah. I'll start work when the check shows up. Exactly. Yeah, and you just have to be like that, and that's and that's basically what it's like entering your thirties. You know, you stop doing stuff for free. You start, you know, you start realizing like, if you're serious, if you want to get on board with me, just sign a piece of paper that legally binds you to the thing that you're saying right now. Otherwise, you're, keep you're, walking. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, it's fun. So, like, one of the one of my attitudes that's changed about trying to help people was uh, now I now I charge for materials up front. Cause I've built yeah. stuff, I've built stuff and then never been paid for it. I've gone back, I've gone and like repossessed my things Yep. yep. that I built. And, uh, I, I think I told you one of the scary stories about that, but, uh, and I don't know if I want to talk about it, but, uh, I've had, I've had moments, man, where it's been kind of, um, dude, we just, I, so I just got done built help, helping someone build a tiger tank, like, a, uh, the German tigers. Yep. And I mean, it's not functional, but it looks cool. And um, apparently somebody found it and set it on fire. Jesus. So, but luckily all the materials were paid for. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I mean, like, you know, like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and all sorts of things, all sorts of things are going to, 
you know, people are like, like it happens a lot between friends. Like, oh, come on, man, we're friends. Like, I, I trust you with this or I trust you to do that. And and then the, the moment of truth happens and they swerve left and, you know, you swerve right or something like that. And then all of a sudden you're left with the bill. Yeah. Well, it's funny because, like, I mean, our friendship is, is in, I think, prob- people would probably think that it's weird. But um, I never really give a shit, dude. I like getting involved in weird, dumb shit. You know, like we were talking about top hats and sunglasses when we started our phone call. And so I, I get too into shit. Uh-huh. Um, and it's so like, if you ever called me with an idea and then like I get carried away, I'm never mad at you. <laughs> I just know that I have ADHD and get carried away. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is that ultimately, like, if you don't, it's, it's good to ideate, you know? I mean, like I, I would love, I would love to, to make a feature about, uh, the, you know, what, what some might call the inevitable second American civil war. You know, I would love to. To, I would love to take. You know, I, I grew up knowing about the conflict in other countries, yeah. you know, like uh, or, or or continents. You know, I, I grew up understanding that, like, you know, Croatia and Serbia, you know, they they went to war, and now Eastern Europe is just kind of like a wasteland, right? But but then I got older, and I found out, and, and, and now I work with a lot of Eastern Europeans. Um, and and they worry about me. They're you know they're like, oh man, like you live in <laughs> you, you live in the United States. States? Like, Shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's it's really you know, and so everybody kind of grows up like thinking the other place is, is dangerous. But what I would love to do is to bring, you know, a lot of people think that America is just this bastion of safety. Yet if you look at it, if you look at us from the outside, like we have, you know, we have school shootings so much that they don't even make the the news. You know. Um, and, 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 you know, I, I mean, just, and, and then of course, look at the stuff that happens, uh, whatever fresh horror that comes out of Florida, you know, um, yeah, like, Jesus Christ, you know, you know, I mean, like there's all sorts of things and, and it's, and it's hard to, it's hard to imagine, but we, we actually, a lot of other countries, they actually think that we are, we're a, a super dangerous place to be. So I would love to do a movie that shows our country as a dangerous place in the same way that, that we look at like, like Robocop. Continent. Yeah. Like, 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 yeah. Exa- or, or really like if you took any of the movies that take place in like Bosnia that happened, like, like air force one, uh, the movie, uh, with, uh, Harrison Ford, yeah. you know, like if, if, like you take, take all of the like blue filtered lands that we always show is like a frightening place or, or, or homeland, the show, and just put it here in America and show, show what it's like for, for, for there to be ch- child soldiers that look like a bunch of kids from the suburbs, you know, like do, do that. And I really, you know, that's the movie I would really love to do. That'd be a fun um, project to do sort of like grungy too, like found footage sure. mockumentary style. Sure. But the problem is, is that, you know, a, a, a smart distributor is going to look at that. Um, it's going to look at that and be like, Oh, I, I, you know, I, I don't want to touch that. Stop being so honest. Well, yeah, but it's also like, you got to remember that movies are the fastest, most direct way of educating a large number of people all at the same time. Yeah. You know, and if you tell a movie about the second American civil war, there's a weird, there's a weird possibility that that might actually, you know, you might, you might be the spark, you know, you don't want to trigger the war, huh? 
Well, I, I mean, no, of course not. I, I don't think of the, in my life, in the examples that I have of, of true violence, um, I would not want to visit mass violence on anybody. I, that's, I, I don't, I don't think violence is romantic. I don't think it's, I don't think it's cool. Uh, well, that's going to lead me but, to my next question. Oh, sure. So you've seen the purge, right? Yes. Would you purge? Would I purge? Um, so what's interesting about the purge is that it's, uh, like, it, it doesn't require you to uh, to be involved, right? Yeah. Like, uh, it. You can be a victim. Uh, yeah, exactly. You yeah. know, you could bear, you could you could bury yourself in a bunker, and uh, and think that you're safe, and then oh, but wait a minute, that guy that you've been working with over the course of the year, he just actually really hates you, and he's going to try to find you and kill you. It's a really interesting process where. And, and, and the Purge movies do a really good job of showing this, that, like, first of all, you could be a nice guy and someone just doesn't like you. Yeah. But from, but, but from the perspective of the people that want the Purge to happen, you know, it's, it's very much like the it's, it's much like the people that think that prisons work. You know, I, my family has a lot of people that work in the prison system, and each one of them will tell you that it, it doesn't work at all. Right. Um, because system is what? designed well, sorry. the next thing you're going to tell me is that the war on drugs was dumb <laughs> uh, based <laughs> on yeah based on I drove through uh, what is it, Washington that's like decriminalized everything <laughs> right and, and now they're using it, drug money to pay off all their debts and build it, shit <laughs> yeah um, yeah it's uh, it's incredible how uh, turns out you know we live in a society and People don't want people don't want to inherit like <laughs> it's like how people think that there's like the reason why the law of like uh, you know murder in the first second and third degree right yeah uh, it's it's only those laws that are keeping society together but actually um, human beings inherently don't want to hurt other human beings yeah you know well something and- something we touched on at one point uh, when me and you were having a deep debate about uh, me being an atheist. Um, and my, my argument is always like, Oh, I don't need the Bible to tell me what's right and wrong. You know, yeah. I just know. Yeah. I, I mean, it's definitely good. Uh, uh, it, it's definitely good to have like, um, like a, like a roadmap to morality, but generally speak, I mean, but then again, I'm a proponent for, I, I believe that there is universal morality. I, I, I believe that people inherently don't, want to hurt other people and that it, it's only the process of societies and religion and and weird you know deduction that basically gives gives people the excuse to hurt each other well like still a line from like Penn Jillette, I've raped and murdered all the people that I want to because I don't think that there's an afterlife and that number is mm. zero yeah exactly exactly because I don't want to um, do and rape I, and murder right and I guess the reason why we do have rules right the, the reason why we have laws is is that there are people who are sick um, and there are people who can get other people on board uh, to do horrible things and the books and the and the laws of morality uh, are supposed to weed out those people you know yeah. and 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 keep them from hurting the rest of us 
But at the same time, you know, there has never been a society like the one we're living in right now. I mean, you're in, you're like a thousand miles away from me and we're having a conversation as though we're in the same room together. Through you know? space. And, and where, yeah. I mean, there's never, you know, there's never real, this level of technology has never been available in, in recorded history. Yeah. Uh, or, or, you know, for the conspiracy theorists out there in available history, yeah. you know, and, uh, and yeah, and, and so so I think that I don't I cater to conspiracy area. theories here. <laughs> the Earth yeah, is round. I, vaccines work. <laughs> it's a globe. Yeah. It's not fucking flat. I oh, I get so pissed off at flat earthers. But I do have to thank the flat earthers, though. That's how I was. That that's how I finally put in a definition to how I felt about religion. Hmm. So, have you seen uh, Have you seen Behind the Curve? Uh, yes, I have. Yeah, yes, they have. But, yeah, it's funny. They prove the world is round at the end of it, right? Yeah. Like yeah, which well, I thought it's adorable. it's adorable. I I went off the deep end. I was like, so I started like fucking trying to figure out how to build my own experiment because I needed to prove these fuckers wrong. And uh, I think I've got a couple of good ideas, but, you know, no yeah. one's going to no one's going to help me. I'm the only lunatic who feels this way. Um, cause I mean, the rest of mainstream science is like, I don't need to prove the world is round. <laughs> we know yeah. we've seen it, right. Right. <laughs> but, uh, um, I, I ended up reading a bunch of stuff on like, uh, astrophysics and evolutionary biology, which led me to philosophy where I discovered Christopher Hitchens and, mm-hmm. and rich, well, Richard Dawkins is the one that led me to Christopher Hitchens. And unfortunately he's dead now, which sucks because he was like the ultimate warrior poet. Um, he'd, he'd go to like the shittiest parts of the world and talk about the injustices there. Yeah. 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 No, that's, that's, uh, I'll, I haven't, uh, I haven't read any of this stuff. Like, uh, I'll, uh, I'll check it out. It's absolutely, I mean, I would think so Vanity Fair is published in New York, isn't it? It is. It is. Oh, you know what? Shoot. Uh, Brady, I got to ask that we continue the uh, maybe maybe in a day or two, um, I'm uh, I hit seven o'clock and I turn into a pumpkin. Oh yeah, you're good, buddy. It's eight here and uh, it's getting really hot in my studio all of a sudden. <laughs> okay, so cool. I'm like breaking into a sweat, which is weird. But oh, that is weird. Okay, well yeah. here, uh, I'd love to come back if you're uh, if you're down. I'm totally down. I'm going to publish this as is because, like I said, I I try not to edit anything. So as long as you're happy with everything that we talked about. Sure, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'm fine. All right. If you change your mind later, I'll take it down, but not a big deal. Okay. Cool. Well, we'll t- let, then let's try to talk, uh, you know, soon. Like, maybe maybe this weekend, Sunday. I'm totally free. Okay. Yeah, I'm just trying to think about my Sunday. I'd probably be good. Uh, I think I have something in the morning, and then I'm... I Fuck, I'd just make time. I mean, I live in my studio. My studio is at my house, so... Yeah. Cool. Cool, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Love you, bro. Thank you so Hey, will you do me a favor? Yeah. Will you tell Sarah that I love her? I will indeed. And I hope you guys are doing well. All right. You too, buddy. Okay, buddy. Be safe. Bye. Bye. Well, that was a fun little catch up with Bowman. Uh, He's been a friend of mine for a long time. I didn't really properly introduce him. We kind of decided to do this on the fly. Um, I'm excited to do part two with him. He's, he's someone who's been influential in my life. Every time we interact with each other, I feel more creative. I'm more uh, motivated to sit down and write or draw or sculpt or build or whatever. So I'm excited to, 
to talk to him further. If you guys liked what you heard, um, you reach out to me at murdershackstudios at gmail.com. I'm not going to spell it for you. Um, I've done that before. Um, you guys might have noticed I took down a lot of shows. Uh, unfortunately, Justin, um, he killed himself um, a while back. Uh, I want to say in November, um, but I could be wrong. Or No, it would have been in July. It's November now. Um, so he, he, he took his own life, and uh, I just kind of... <clears throat> I don't know. It didn't feel right leaving the episodes up uh, while his family was in the midst of grieving. Justin was, um, you know, he was a big influence on my life as well. And so I'm kind of starting over. Um, Unfortunately, uh, Ian, I think with just the distance that he lives far away uh, and, you know, doing the respect to wanting to do the show right, uh, he really... Uh, you know, he'll probably be a recurring guest, I think, in the future to talk about things. But uh, having him here as a co-host full-time is probably really not going to work. I'm kind of experimenting with the idea of doing a monologue. This is my first kind of monologue here at the tail end of this episode, which I'm sure Bowman would uh, probably remind me that he didn't endorse, which is fine. I don't think I'm going to say anything that controversial. I've been toying the idea with uh, of making this a monologue. Um, I'm just not sure that uh, um, I'm not sure that I can make the time commitment into putting together a show like that, and I don't want to tease that idea and then fall flat because I can't commit the amount of time it would take. So I'm toying with those ideas. I'm also kind of looking around and talking to some different people about co-hosting and. Um, yeah, but, uh, I mean, in the meantime, Murder Shack Studios is still here. Uh, it's pretty well open to the public. You know, if you've got a good idea or a story or even if you just need a place to record something, um, we just recently put up a green screen. Um, well, I, I painted a whole wall like a green screen. I think it looks pretty cool. Even if you never use it as a green screen, I think it makes the room look awesome. Um Mariah, who works on the other podcast uh, that I'm a part of, the Salty Sex Cast, um, she recently donated a couple of really nice recliners to the studio, and we've rearranged the whole thing. It's it, it's more like a room in a house uh, or a comfortable place to have a conversation than it is like a garage with a desk and some microphones. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, I'm looking forward to talking to you guys in the future about stuff. Um, you know, I'm pretty hopeful about some things that get me excited. I love talking about space and batteries and solar panels and, um, you know, smart technology is, is every day. Something crazy is happening. Uh, I'm carrying on Justin's memory, uh, in the investing market. I still hold the same amount of game shares or GameStop, uh, stock, that I held the GME uh, and AMC. He was passionate about that and uh, the cryptocurrencies. I got him involved in Dogecoin and uh, up until the night that he died, even on the night that he died, him and I were texting back and forth um, about what Dogecoin was doing right in that moment. Um, 
So I'm excited to talk about those things and, you know, maybe try to find somebody who knows a little bit more about it than I do. I'm not a, I'm not a technology wizard by any means, uh, but I love diving into shit and figuring it out. So, um, I'm just trying to think, uh, I've talked about the fact I've, I've, uh, pre-ordered, uh, Elon Musk's cyber truck. Fuck. I mean, that's uh, a no brainer to me. It'll probably be the last vehicle I ever buy brand new. Um, you know, I imagine, uh, Cicely, my daughter, she's, um, she's going to be turning 10 this spring. Um, I have to imagine a world. I, I hope that by the time she's 16, we're not burning fossil fuels anymore, uh, and fucking shit up because it's really not getting any better. Uh, you know, I live right here in Utah. You know, we talk about California being a desert. Well, no, duh. But Utah is not any 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 better. We're a desert. We were a desert when when the pioneers settled here, uh, and we all got ourselves fooled into thinking that this was a hospitable place to live. And uh, the only reason life is successful here the way that it is is because nature has been uh, relatively cooperative. But you know, you look at the climb and. Um, carbon monoxide uh, or CO2 outputs. And, you know, the more carbon we're pumping into the air, uh, the more we are ruining uh, any chances of survival on this planet long-term for humanity. Uh, It's going to get to the point where we're not able to grow food because of climate shortages. You know, uh, I remember last year, maybe it was last year, it could have been the year before. Uh, there was a pumpkin shortage because of how hot it was, and uh, it made a lot of people sad. Well, that's a decorative vegetable. Not a lot of people are. Uh, it's a decorative gourd. Not a lot of people are going to die because they don't get their pumpkins this year. But what happens when it's not a decorative crop or a, a plaything? You know, a prop uh, for our holidays. So. That shit I want to talk about. I want to bring on more experts. Dr. Palin was amazing. Um, I thought for a while there I was going to be able to talk her to come in doing a live show. And then COVID turned around and started going again. So um, I'm getting kind of long-winded here. But, uh, again, you guys, uh, you know, I like doing this. This is kind of my therapy. Uh, it's, I don't know if it's cheaper than a therapist at this point because I built this whole thing. But, uh, you know, sometimes it's nice to have a place to vent my verbal diarrhea or my, my brain diarrhea. And, uh, I'd love to hear from you guys. So reach out to me, murdershackstudios.gmail.com. That goes right to my phone. Notifications are turned on and, uh, I'd gladly entertain any kind of conversations or topics or anyone who wants to call in or talk. I'm down. And if you live local in the, in the state of Utah... Uh, and you, you know, you need a place for a project, man. Let me know. Uh, that's what it's here for. Uh, I love entertaining brilliant ideas. I mean, realistically, as long as you don't come to me and tell me that you want to start a flat earth podcast, um, I'm pretty open to most things. So, uh, I think that's all I got, man. So thank you guys so much. I appreciate everyone who listened, made it through my monologue right there. Um, I'll listen back to it tomorrow and see how I feel about it. But, uh, you know, again, I don't know if I'm going to commit to, to doing a monologue at this point, just because I think, uh, I'd have to put together topics to talk about. I'd have to have an outline and that kind of thing. And I just, um, 
I don't want to commit to that prematurely. So uh, we'll look forward to part two with Bowman. And in the meantime, peace.